Hey everyone, this is Dr. Tim Cummings. And this is Dr. Jess Cummings. And this is the Healthy Kansas City Podcast. This week on the Healthy Kansas City Podcast, we are interviewing Miriam Kasich, who owns Well Life with Miriam. And this was just a great conversation. She shares so many amazing things about her own health journey, why she started her own business, and the things that she's helping women with today. Yeah, this this was such a fun podcast. Miriam's one of our favorite people, and she's such an inspiration to so many other women and families just who need that guidance and need that example of what it looks like to live out the things that we talk about all the time. You know, the ideas of regular exercise, of eating well, being intentional about how you live your life in a way that really helps improve your health span, you know, those quality years of life that you want to live. So we think everybody is really going to enjoy this episode. Yeah. And because she had her own health crisis, I think she's just so relatable for so many people. You know, she's actually been through a lot of these things that she is teaching to her clients. She's seen the value of um, lifestyle changes and what that can do for your overall health. So she's so knowledgeable. She's really done her due diligence in um, getting certain certifications in nutrition and just studying up on the things that um, will help you all live your best life. So give this a listen, guys, and we look forward to having you guys hear this conversation. All right, guys, welcome to the Healthy Kansas City podcast. We are back today on a beautiful sunny day in Kansas City, and we are so excited to have Miriam Kasef with us here. Miriam, we've known you for two years? Two plus, two plus years. Yeah. Um, your story is phenomenal. Um, your business is Well Life LLC, right? Correct. And what you are doing is amazing. So I cannot wait for our listeners just to hear both the personal and professional side of your story. Yeah. So comma, like you're one of our favorite people yeah, as well. Literally. So, so <laughs> yeah, we're like super excited for this. So. Well, back at you, you guys. Yeah. I love you yeah. guys too. Well, we'll let you take it away here, just yeah. kind of telling our listeners where you've been and where you're going. So, yeah, I think that's a good place to start. Is just, yeah, um, what maybe we can start with um, because, you know, we've got this personal relationship with which we'll get into, like mm-hmm. how you got connected with us and what the journey has been like that. And then maybe we can fill in the details from there. That's a great place to start. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, first, thanks so much for inviting me to your show. I really appreciate it. And I love spreading your good word um, yeah. and all the good work you guys do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to you guys in about 2004, I believe, in March of 2004. Um, in August of 2013, I had a, a wonky mammogram and um, I was called back for a second mammogram, which I it had happened to me before. And so I wasn't worried at all. And then when the technician brought me back to the radiologist and she said, you have some calcification. We see some calcification on your, um, on the photos here. And I'm thinking, well, you know, milk ducts, you know, calcification makes sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not really realizing that that was not good. Um, 
so uh, I was diagnosed August 23rd of 2013 with ductal carcinoma in situ. And the, um, my doctor basically called it the garden variety breast cancer, mm. which at the time I was thinking, hmm, that's pretty insensitive. <laughs> yeah, how comforting. Right. Um, but, you know, looking back now, I can say, yeah, that was the garden variety. Um, a month to the day later, September 23rd, I had a double mastectomy and I had um, um, you're editing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had um, the, the spacers put in for the, um, for the future implants. Mm -hmm. And um, I was very, very fortunate. I didn't need chemo or radiation. They got everything out when they did the double mastectomy. Um, but it was quite a, a jarring process. Never really realized how important your breasts are until they're gone <laughs> and, right. and how much you really, you know, uh, identify yourself with all of your body parts and mm -hmm. what they mean to you. And so that really, um, took a mental toll on me. Um, Can I ask you a quick question too? I'm sure. curious, like, how much you had to advocate for yourself, if any, during that process? Did you mention, like, I just hear so often, even if the doc thinks that they got everything, they still recommend a round of chemo. So, yeah, I'm curious, like, the attitude of your physician, if that was your advocation for, like, I really don't want to do chemo. If you really think you got it, like, I don't want to do that. And they were comfortable with that, or if that was just their suggestion. Right. Well, so what happened is, I had, um, the reason I ended up having the mastectomy, double mastectomy was because it was like salt granules throughout my breast tissue. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. wasn't a lump. So they couldn't do a lumpectomy. Got it. And I only, um, they saw it only on the right side. And so when I met with the doctor and she talked about a mastectomy, I said, well, I'd like you to take both sides mm -hmm. and she said well we don't take healthy breast tissue mm -hmm. and i said well i don't really care <laughs> i don't have to think about this ever again yeah. mm -hmm. so they ended up doing um an mri guided biopsy on the other side and they found suspicious breast tissue on that side Hmm. So I really said, thank God for that. Yeah. I would have had to fight probably them and the insurance company mm -hmm. to have that covered. So mm -hmm. thankfully um, they found the suspicious breast tissue. And when they investigated it further, they found the same kind mm -hmm. of cancer. Mm -hmm. So I was able to do that. Um, they, I find that so fascinating, Miriam, just because like, even within like the, world of physical therapy, you know, when our clients come to us with any sort of imaging, not even related to cancer, it's so tricky. You know, there's a lot of research with certain types of imaging that shows, you know, there's this amount of false negatives or, you know, things that they don't see it. And our clients are coming into us with these complaints of pain yeah. and they don't always need an image, but you know, that's our job is to kind of figure out, well, your image might be clear, but this is what I think you have going on based on your right. symptoms and the tests I'm doing and, and then treating that so they get better. I mean, it's, it's so interesting. It's, 
sounds like the same thing happened to you with a whole different, whole different health issue. And you know, it's not orthopedic, right? <laughs> the same thing, right? A false right. negative on your other side. So right. way to right. go to, to advocate for yourself. That's not yes. easy, yeah. you know? Yes. So, um, they said that I was at stage zero. So it was really, really the beginning stages. And my doctor felt really comfortable that she would get clear margins. Um, and um, they ended up doing a nipple sparing surgery. Mm -hmm. So I still have 5% of my breast tissue left. Mm -hmm. um, and she said, if we can get clear margins, we will do that. Mm -hmm. If we can't, we'll just take everything. And I said, you just, you do you. <laughs> you done. Yep. And yeah, when I came out, um, they ended up taking, I can't remember if it was two or three lymph nodes on each side to test that. Mm -hmm. And the, the lymph nodes were clear. Um, they got clear margins. They felt very comfortable that they didn't have to do chemo or radiation. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Because all the signs looked positive. Um, That's amazing. I go back every year and um, they do imaging, breast imaging. So I'm not like squeezed in the little, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you doing that thermal scan? Is that what they're doing for you or something oh. totally different? I keep hearing about that. I don't know much about that. I'm not the age yet where I have to have a mammogram. So forgive my ignorance. I'm totally clueless oh. as to that process. So yeah, no, no. It's more like um, when you had a sonogram when you were pregnant. Mm -hmm. Got mm -hmm. it. Pour the gel on and they do mm -hmm. the imaging like cool. that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's not the thermal. No, no, mm -hmm. you're, you're right. That's more of the scan, just yes. the thermal imaging to kind of see what's, hmm. what's sketchy. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So that's, that's what they do. And um, they dig into the lymph node area and just, you know, make sure everything looks good. And so I do that once a year and um, so, so far so good. And I am this September, um, will be seven years cancer-free. That's yeah. amazing. Miriam. Love yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like it was, you know, I'm so, I'm so proud of myself. I was raised to be proactive about my health mm -hmm. and, um, you know, go to the dentist twice a year and get my mammogram and, you know, I do everything I need to do. And that's a message I, I try and promote is that just be proactive because if you let it fester too long, it might be too late. Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. Yeah, we talk about that so often, you know, with people as far as what's the cost on the front end versus, you know, waiting and what are you looking at on the back end of that? And yeah, that's certainly the case in your story. That's that's a, a very strong argument for why I feel like everybody needs to be taking care of themselves, you know, and, and checking in with their physicians and their other health professionals to make sure that the, all systems are go. So definitely. So, um, I, um, started seeing, um, a woman, uh, who was doing physical therapy, because I have um, scar tissue that just doesn't really want to let go, even after mm -hmm. all these years. Um, stubborn, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, and I didn't even really know about um, scar tissue because the doctor says scar tissue, and I'm thinking on my actual scars. <laughs> yeah. 
which are not in a normal place, I found out mm -hmm. from other people. A lot of people <laughs> mm -hmm. have it underneath, but my scars are on the sides. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like rubbing the scar and I'm thinking, well, that it's fine. But mm -hmm. they don't really explain to you that scar tissue, you know, is throughout the whole area at, that the fascia grows back and thick and it can be in my back and around my, um, around you know, my whole torso mm -hmm. and um, in between the breastbone and underneath and connecting to the ribs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the physicians don't tell you this, but going to um, an amazing uh, physical therapist who um, works in with female issues. And she mm -hmm. um, actually led me to, to restore thrive Mm -hmm. Because I was um, seeing another uh, trainer who, um, when I would have shoulder problems or knee problems, we would just avoid that area, you know, mm -hmm. let's just not work on anything that would injure that area. And my friend said, hey, you got to check out Jess and Tim because they will treat the area, get to the root of the problem and make you better so that you can get stronger. Yeah. So, and hey, real quick, we don't have scarcity mindset. Let's give Julie a shout out. We yeah. love Julie. Okay. Yeah, Julie is a colleague of ours. Your PT friend and ours as well. <laughs> yes, yeah. so we worked with Julie yeah. for a number of years. Um, so she is, she's a colleague. She now owns Empower, which is actually down the street from us. And she's, um, she's cash-based, but other providers there are insurance-based. So for those of you listening, if you need insurance-based care, we highly recommend Empower. Yeah. Um, Julie well, and, and, and Julie. Matt and Brett there are phenomenal. So. And Julie is so great, you know, because I know, Miriam, you have a, uh, you still have a working relationship with her. You're mm -hmm. checking in with her regularly and the things that she does in terms of manual therapy are, I know, hugely beneficial for you. And then th it opens up that opportunity for us to do our thing when we're training together as well. Yeah. Yep. So, but yeah, talk about, I think, you know, related to that story when you started working with her and then when, when we got connected, um, I could certainly tell it from my perspective, but like talking and you mentioned it briefly, like talk about where you were at when we started working together. Cause it was like that you were several years past your, your mastectomy and then, you know, working with, with Julie as well. But it's like, you, you weren't where you wanted to be when you, when you showed up at our door. Absolutely. Um, well, I never really had upper body strength. Um, when I was really great about working out, um, I, I like to run and do the elliptical and I never really worked on my core or my upper body. Um, it was just all lower body. And I started working out with this other guy and um, so he had me doing some upper body stuff, but I had shoulder impingement and I, and I had some issues still from the breast cancer um, with regard to shoulder issues. And um, so I really had no upper body strength. My balance was not great. Um, I think my lower body strength is okay, mm -hmm. but I was far from amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, um, and real quick, yeah. what were some things maybe functionally that you noticed? Like you said you never had upper body strength, but were you starting to have problems with things from day to day? Or, I mean, you're not old enough to be in that, you know, age group where you would be falling, but like, what were you seeing that like, oh, I used to be able to do this when I was younger and 
maybe this is more difficult now or, you know, was there anything in particular that you were seeing Absolutely. that scared you maybe? Absolutely. So this is a, a very crazy thing. Who would ever think this would be a problem? But my blender is stored in a cabinet. It's kind of like a garage. It's, you know, it's cabinet or countertop level, mm -hmm. but I would open the door and reach my arm in to get the blender and pull it mm -hmm. and it would kill my shoulder. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my God, that's ridiculous, you know? <laughs> Um, and, um, carrying a purse mm -hmm. on one shoulder. I usually carry it on my right shoulder, but I would find I'd have to switch it. If I actually had shoulder impingement on my right side, I lifted something out of my car from the floor of the passenger side and I pinched a nerve. Just things like that, that I'm like, what is happening? I felt like my body was breaking down. Mm -hmm. Um, carrying groceries into my house. I have two steps or three steps up from my garage. And, you know, I'd have to carry maybe one bag in each hand. And, you know, it was, it was a struggle. I wasn't able to lift anything. I think about this every week when we get groceries because I try and do the thing where I want to make the least amount of trips possible. <laughs> and so same thing is like, I will grab as many as possible. And literally every time I'm taking stuff out of my trunk, I'm like, this is why I deadlift because I'm bending over in that little hip hinge position. I'm picking things up. I'm like, this is why I do this because it's a functional thing. This ain't easy. I'm lifting like how many pounds with, you know, eight grocery bags in each arm. Yeah. Well, it <laughs> yeah. does. It, it, it makes life easier to navigate yeah. when, it, when you're physically capable. And like, I don't think about it. I'm like, yeah, this is heavy, but like I can do this. I, I do this in the gym every week, you know? So I think mm -hmm. pointing that out is amazing. Like people don't realize that like the stuff we do in the gym directly, you know, impacts our, functional things that we do weekly like absolutely so yes mm -hmm. yes even drying my hair because yeah. you know you have to hold a hair dryer which I don't know what is it mm -hmm. three pounds two I don't know two pounds yeah but I'm holding it you know you hold it over your head and if you have shoulder impingement mm -hmm. that is painful yeah. and so so my issues were affecting everyday activities which like you said these are things that were easy and no issue before and so when I work out with this guy he would just say well we'll just skip that because your shoulder hurts mm. rather than hey let's get to the problem and fix your shoulder so that mm -hmm. you can progress mm -hmm. which is what I'm able to do at Restore Thrive so I so appreciate it um this past weekend my husband and I were in Telluride Colorado mm -hmm. saw your pictures they were amazing thank you <laughs> yeah. and why were you there Miriam yeah, yeah we had deal. such a wonderful time and because I, it was well, your anniversary big, right big anniversary too <laughs> yes. so. congratulations anniversary yeah. yes and my husband keeps wondering when I'm going to figure out that <laughs> I shouldn't be with him I guess not I haven't yeah. figured it out yet, um, <laughs> but we, we hiked an intermediate hike. Mm -hmm. So in Colorado, I'm guessing their intermediate hike would, mm -hmm. would be a difficult hike here in Kansas city, since we don't have, right. you know, mountains and boulders <laughs> yeah. that you're climbing over and all that. And we're not at 10,000 feet of like elevation right. <laughs> as well. So exactly. Yeah. And I had a backpack on my back with two liters of water and some snacks. 
and um, so we hiked for um, six hours, mm-hmm. and my balance, I mean, every time I would kind of start to lose my balance, I'd say, oh, thank you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and um, climbing over rocks, and we had to walk across a, um, it was, it was more than a babbling brook, but it wasn't quite a river, you know, mm-hmm. and we had to walk across it um, on logs that had fallen over. And so I had mm-hmm. to test my balance with mm-hmm. that. And um, I just kept saying to my husband, I am so thrilled with my ability and yeah. what I can do. And I was not, my legs were fine. My hips were fine. My arms were fine. Mm-hmm. The problem was, that I did have was with my breathing, but I really think it was from the elevation mm-hmm. more than the exertion. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that. It's like, we can't, that's a training thing, but we can't really train for that here because we aren't at elevation. So mm-hmm. that that's interesting. You, you need to give her that mask. Will you talk about that really quick? Oh, well, the training <laughs> mask, that's a story for another day about, yeah, how, how I used to scare people in the clinic I used to work in right in the, the airdyne with the, the training mask on. What is that thing called? That's what it's called, the training Just mask. Just a training mask? Yeah. I mean, it basically makes your lungs work harder. So if you don't have, have elevation, it's a way for you to train that when you're doing aerobic things mm-hmm. here, which is interesting. We haven't pulled that out in forever. I kind of forgot yeah. about it. So. Well, we use this, and this is something we could get into as we talk more about your training, Marion, but like we talk about nose breathing all the time and like how, you know, to really develop an aerobic base, you should be able to like get on a bike, get on a rower and maintain a steady pace with your mouth closed for 20 to 30 minutes. And that was something when we talk about like where you started, it just wasn't there. So, you know, when you tell a story about like, you know, your trip this past weekend to Colorado, I was so excited because you sent me a text message and, you know, some pictures and I was like, it it just made my day because, you know, we've talked about this so often. It's like, why are we spending the time in the gym? And so you can spend your fitness outside of the gym, which is exactly what you were doing. And celebrate your anniversary with your husband in a way that you're, you're both just having fun. You're not hung up by your physical capabilities or lack thereof because you have it which is awesome or being able to push yourself a little bit too because I know like you wore yourself out but like (laughs) being able to do that and like really just experience you know like all there is to do when you go out to a place like Colorado I mean as opposed to just yeah sitting around and wondering like how am I going to get my shoulder better is my knee ever going to feel better am I ever going to be able to just do the normal things that I want to do again I think that's the coolest thing about your story is, you know, going back to what we were talking about with, with your training routine previously, it was just this, well, let's just work around that instead of getting to the root of the problem and figuring out like the way through that or forward to, to improve where you were at. So. Yes. Yeah. So it was a great weekend and I felt very strong and, um, really proud of myself and appreciative of everything I've learned to do at Restore Thrive with you guys. Well, thanks. It's It's been a ton of fun. So I, I want to share just real quick before we dive into some of your professional stuff too, where you were at and you, you've kind of hinted around at this when you came in and I saw you at first and you, if, if I'm getting this story kind of mixed up, cause it's like, we've, we've spent more than a few hours together <laughs> now, but I, I remember that first time you came in and, you know, the shoulder issues you were having and the things that stood out to me was just, 
you know, how little strength you had through your upper body, like you were talking about the balance issue as well, your knee as well. Like I remember just asking you to get on the floor and you're like, that doesn't feel good on my knee. And I'm like, mm, we've got some things to work on here. But yeah. the cool thing was that, that you just made that commitment. You're like, all right, let's work on this. And we had that conversation about like, hey, this isn't right. Like you shouldn't feel like this. This shouldn't be a problem. We're going to get to the root of this and get you feeling better. And then just that, that progress that we made through this whole um, time that we've worked together has been so phenomenal to see just in terms of not only like we've resolved your pain, but like we've been talking about, re you know, really restoring functional ability and strength as well. Um, you know, you're somebody who we worked with initially, you know, we were just really trying to get you used to just using your body normally. You know, we use the, the rings, which is just a suspension training system for quite a while to restore your grip strength, your upper body strength, you know, help you to squat and lunge safely. And, you know, it was really cool to see your progress through that. And then just to give people a little insight, I had to brag on you a little bit now. It, <laughs> she deserves you know, it. <laughs> it. As far as where you're at now, I mean, we, we have times, you know, we probably deadlift with kettlebells like once a month. And it's like, you can deadlift 106 pounds for sets of five and it's not easy, but I mean, that, that's a fair amount of weight. And for somebody who had like almost no grip strength, especially in your left hand to pick up two 53 pound kettlebells and then hip hinge, keep your back straight, keep your abs engaged, keep your shoulders back and use your lower body to lift that type of weight. It's like, that's, you've, you've come so far. That's the really cool thing to see. And then I think the other thing about that that's interesting too, we've had this conversation about, I think women really fear being in the weight room thinking that they're going to end up looking like me. And it's like, you know, you, what we've done, I feel like is we've really just restored um, your functional ability and your ability to enjoy a, a physical life. And, and in the process, I would say we, we've really improved a lot of things just in terms of muscle tone, grip strength, balance, all of that. And I don't think anyone would mistake you for a bodybuilder either. So, uh, so, I mean, that's the beautiful thing. And like, I, I tell people, you know, and I brag on Jess all the time too, you know, Jess is another strong woman who loves to be in the weight room and you look at Jess and it's like, yeah, she, I mean, she's not going to be the one who, and I joke about this as well. She, people look at me and they think when they're coming to see me for physical therapy, that I'm going to just break them in half. I'm like, Jess is the tough one. That's <laughs> like, right. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely the meaner therapist. For sure. But she's <laughs> All got, of our patients know this. <laughs> but she's got this, this strength. And this is the thing that I think women, you know, really need to hear is that like, you know, building strength just makes you more functional. But I think that there's this misconception that a strong woman doesn't, you know, or isn't feminine as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, th there's something that's not right about women wanting to be strong. And I just, I just wholeheartedly disagree with that. Seeing the example of working with you, Miriam, and, and being married to Jess and seeing how she cares for herself and seeing how strength has really empowered her to be able to enjoy. And, you know, just, meet the demands uh, of her daily life. And I've seen the same thing with you, Marion. So I, yeah. I hope that's something that our listeners think about as well, especially our, our female listeners is that, man, being, uh, we joke, like strength is never a weakness. And, you know, it's like one of those right. things that just, it, it's additive in every way that it can be additive to your life. So. Yes. I'll tell you. Um, so I'm not a, 
a grandma and I'm not close to being a grandma mm -hmm. yet, but um, we had our, our niece and nephew from Australia come visit us over winter break mm -hmm. and they brought their two kids, a two-year-old and a three-year-old. And I carried the two-year-old from a park near our house back to our house. Um, and it's about a half mile. Mm -hmm. And I carried, so I carried a two-year-old, you know, that far and I'm 56. And I thought, I cannot believe I just did that. But mm -hmm. I'll tell you, by the time I am a grandma, I will be ready for those mm -hmm. kids. Yes, you will. And that's actually a goal we hear a lot from people in your age group or even around 60 where they've got adult kids, they're married, they either have grandkids already and they're young. It, that's a common goal. Like I want to be able to play with my grandkids and not be hung up by my, you know, lack of physical capability. Mm -hmm. And for me, like different, different time in my life, but like I've been able to go through three pregnancies, three postpartum experiences, young kids that are close in age, lots of lifting, all the things, the car seats, the, we talked about groceries. I mean, all that stuff still exists now, but, and I haven't had problems. You know, maybe I had a little bit of right hip stuff, but you know, I'm a PT, I'm married to a PT and trainer, so, right. you know, got on top of that. Like, I mean, minor, minor hip things here and there, but like no back pain. I mean, I've seen a lot of friends and a lot of patients who are in my age group with young kids and they all have knee pain, hip pain, back pain. And, and some of it is lifting technique. They don't lift weights. They've never been in a weight room. They have no idea how to move correctly nor should they, right? Like if we're not taught right. this in gym class. So if you're not in our profession or you don't work out with a trainer regularly, you don't know these things. And so um, sometimes it's just teaching correct lifting mechanics. Like, hey, when you pick up your kit, keep the weight close, move from your hips. You know, like you guys were talking about the deadlifting that you're doing. Like that's what you're doing when you're picking up a kid. And right. so it's the technique thing. And sometimes it's just a lack of strength. Like if you aren't strong to lift the two-year-old, that is how much, <laughs> mm -hmm. 20 pounds, 30 pounds, you know, you are going to hurt something eventually, you know, through yes. all that. So um, it's been, I love working with women. I love working with women my age and your age group just to hit those goals of, I want to play with my kids or I want to play with my grandkids and be able to do this and not have issues. Like that is such a rewarding thing for me to be able to do the things I want to do with my family, but for my patients and for everybody else, my family, my friends, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah, it feels really good. Yeah, that's for sure. And so tell us about your business. Like, I love what you're doing. Speaking of working with women, do you only work with women? I mean, I know you kind of target women, but. I do, I do. Um, I'm actually working with one man now, um, and it's not so bad. I wasn't sure. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks. That's good. <laughs> Just one in the wind column for us. So. How that would be, but it's, it's fine. But I, I primarily work with women, but before I even get into that, um, mm -hmm. you know, when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I started working with a friend who I went to college with. I hadn't really been in touch with her since we graduated college, but I saw on Facebook, she put something out about, she loves working with people with cancer. Mm -hmm. So I messaged her. I'm like, Hey, I haven't talked to you in 30 years. You know, <laughs> um, what are you doing? And mm -hmm. she said, I'm an integrated nutrition health coach. And, um, her mom had breast cancer, several bouts of breast cancer. And she really, um, helped her through nutrition and eating properly and supplements and things helped her get into remission. 
And then sadly, when she left her house, she got sick again. Anyway, she, she was such a, a great support for me during that time because she taught me about eating well. And mm. I never thought I was a poor eater. I, I just ate with things I was brought up with, but you know, um, I grew up in the low fat craze mm -hmm. and, um, you know, when you eat things that are low fat, they often are loaded with sugar and salt and other uh, chemicals to make it taste good. Mm -hmm. um, because fat does equal flavor, as we say in my house. <laughs> yes. Agreed. <laughs> um, but now we just choose healthier fats. That's all. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was eating Cheerios for breakfast and... Um, sandwiches with uh, luncheon meats that probably had all kinds of nitrates and nitrites in it. And, you know, I just wasn't aware of all of the things that I could do to make my eating um, much healthier. Mm. So she taught me a lot. And um, when I um, got out of the job I had been in, um, I was a, I was special ed teacher for 17 years and then took a little break and then I worked in a law firm and that's when I got breast cancer and I left that job and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. I decided to go to the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and, and take their year-long course to become a health coach and originally I just went because I wanted to create a healthy lifestyle for myself. My husband has a blood disorder and so I wanted to create a healthy atmosphere for my husband, my kids. And through the program, I had to coach a couple of friends for free just so that, you know, I could kind of get a feel for it. And they were all saying, you're so good at this. And this comes so, goes so, comes so naturally to you and you should really do this for a living. And so I decided to, hang up my shingle and created Well Life LLC. And I work with women who are just overwhelmed in their lives, but really are looking for some whole person health. And so we work together to create goals that are meaningful for them, whether it's, uh, do you want to start um, exercising? Do you want to, um, do some things to decrease your stress level? Do you want to improve your sleep? Are you looking to just do some more cooking at home um, or, or finding really healthy recipes and things like that? Um, we also look at job satisfaction and the stress that comes with that. And um, we look at relationships and we look at uh, joy. What brings you joy? And how do you tap into your creative side? So really just whatever that person is looking to do. And we create goals together and I break goals down so that they're just small increments um, to make you successful and reach your goals. Um, and hopefully you don't feel deprived and um, stressed by it because if you do things in small baby steps, it should just be easy and um, these are habits that you'll keep forever. So I love that because those changes, like, I mean, and you know, this being a client of ours, like 
that's what we talk about with all of our clients. We always ask about sleep and nutrition and stress management and, and sometimes going into the community aspect of things like mm -hmm. our friends or lack thereof, you know, like that is important. Like we need other people, we need a support system and, but trying to revamp everything, like it's all important, but that is so overwhelming. And, yeah. you know, you should tell clients, like, you got to start with just one thing sometimes, you know, and, and I mean, we don't have the time to do all of the health coaching that you do here, you know, which is, I love that you do what you do because we do bring a lot of that into our sessions, but we are also focused on the, PT physical, side. And the physical side, like yeah. that is our expertise. And while we know all those other things factor into our client's health, and if we're seeing an issue, you know, we, we give a lot of resources, go see Miriam, go see a dietitian, go see so-and-so, you know, but that's kind of, we have to refer them on because we just can't do all of that in-house here. Um, but I think what you said about just the, the goals and those short-term, like, what can you actually do? Like, maybe this goal is way over here, you know, like yes. along either side of the rainbow, Right. <laughs> but all those little baby steps to get there is what makes that person successful. So yes. that's phenomenal working with people. And, um, do you, do you focus mostly, I mean, it sounds like you're doing every, like all of these goals here, whether it's stress, um, community and joy, you know, all those things, mm -hmm. but do you always have a focus on nutrition or is it kind of whichever of those lifestyle categories they need to work on? It's really whatever the person wants to work on. So cool. one of my clients um, really wanted to get into a different profession. Um, she had been in marketing for 17 years mm -hmm. and she always wanted to be a real estate agent. And when I spoke to her just on our free little, are we going to be able to work together phone call? It was a free mm -hmm. consultation. Yeah. And I said, well, how long have you had this dream of, being a real estate agent agent. And she said, I've been thinking about it and talking about it for two years. Mm -hmm. And I said, wow, what's holding you back? And she said, I just, you know, I'm just not making the time to do it and things come up. And um, I said, well, do you think some accountability and maybe setting small goals and making sure someone's checking in with you, would that be helpful? And she said, definitely. And so my program is a six month program. And in three months, she was working as a real estate agent. She had taken her, her exam for Missouri and her exam for Kansas. She found a job mm. and we still have three months to go. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like we, onward and up for, upward from there. Well, then. Tim is big about this. And we just did this with our staff, like, you know, a half day where we, we um, sit down we go through goal setting and kind of, I mean, that's huge. And sometimes we just need to coach somebody to help us Absolutely. because it's so hard when you are living your own life. Like you can't see the forest through the trees sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just, it's hard. Like, and if you're not like, I'm not a good, I don't like to sit down and like write and goal set. Like Tim is very good for me in, in that way. So he's great about that. He's got his planner and like, Hey, Jess, did you, you know, schedule out tomorrow? Nope. And then, you know, the next day I'm like, well, why am I stressed? Because I have that to-do list in my head and I didn't write it down. And then I forget about something like two hours after I thought about it. I'm like, this is why my husband tells me to write this stuff down. Yeah. <laughs> but let's but, go back a step. The thing you yeah. said, I think, and I tell this to everybody and I, that I, this applies to me as well. I feel like everybody needs a coach, yes. at least one, mm -hmm. if not multiple. Cause it's like, you know, I tell my clients, it's like, yeah, I have a coach who writes my training for me. Like I'm not objective enough and I don't have the bandwidth mentally to like do that. And like one of the things that Jess was talking about, we talked about this on the business side, like there's a difference between working 
in your business and working on your business. Yep. I feel like that very much applies to us as like human beings. There's a big difference between just doing your day-to-day -day stuff and then being able to take a step back or have somebody speak into your life and say like, hey, like you're talking about, Miriam, like what really matters to you? You know, like what do you get joy from? What are the things that really like get you up in the morning and get you going? And do you have some sort of idea of like how to do more of those things that really bring fulfillment in your life? So I, I think the service, you know, that you're providing for people is just as valuable as what we do. Like Jess said, it's like we're providing that physical component, but like what you're talking about, it's like, that's the rest of like who we are as people, like all that stuff, the nutrition, the family, the, the stress support, the, you know, activities that, that bring you fulfillment, all those things matter. And just being a coach for your clients to be able to help them get where they want to go. And we've seen this often. I, I don't know what you see with your clients, but often when our clients are stressed at work, they come in with a flare up and pain. And I oh, do yeah. not, do not believe that that is a coincidence. And I tell them that, and you yeah. know, if, if they had a flare up, it's like, of course we go through, well, you know, is it with a certain exercise? Show me what you're doing, you know, making sure we're checking technique and they're doing things correctly. But I always ask, well, you know, if, if it's not that and they can't really pinpoint it, well, how are you sleeping? Oh, yeah. well, the kid's been up all night long for the last two nights. Oh, okay. Now we're kind of figuring out why did you have a flare up? And I think that's so important for our clients. Or maybe their last week was incredibly stressful at work and they have a flare up within that week or they caught a cold. I often see that too with systemic illness. My clients have a flare up in back pain or knee pain when they haven't had it in a while. And, and I think that's very helpful for them to kind of pinpoint how those things factor into their health and yeah. also to empower them. Like these things happen. It's okay. You know, yes. and I think people have a hard time with that because when they start feeling well, if they've been in pain for a long time, it's yeah. very frustrating for them to have a setback. And it's like, Hey, it happens to us too. Like Tim and I just happen to live with each other. So we get on it right away. It goes yeah. away. <laughs> Yeah. And we live a fairly, you know, holistic, healthy lifestyle. So it, it doesn't happen very often, but yeah. yeah, I work with this. I have this one client right now. She, um, and I've told Tim about her. She, mm -hmm. she's been diagnosed with three different autoimmune diseases. Mm -hmm. And then now she just was diagnosed with Epstein-Barr mm -hmm. and she has asthma and migraines mm -hmm. and, you know, um, I started working, working with her last November. So right before COVID hit mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know, she just opened a business. So she's just on this hamster wheel right. <laughs> of stress, mm -hmm. which really makes all of those symptoms, all the inflammation flare up even more. And um, I'll tell you when COVID hit, she had to slow down, obviously. Yeah. Worst slow down. And she really was able to focus on improving her sleep and decreasing her stress. She started um, doing yoga online. Mm -hmm. I, I, I told her about this yoga that I just love. And she just got really into that. And um, just during COVID, she just really brought her level down and she didn't have as many flare-ups she was eating better. Um, the doctor gave her this plan and just gave her the sheet of paper and said, here you go, follow the autoimmune protocol. And she really didn't know where to start with that. So we worked together on that. Mm. And real quick, I love to hear you say that because that is a big problem. So even my doc, I had a flare up in my skin, which it, two years ago, I had no idea why I was like, I haven't changed my diet. haven't changed my makeup. All this is clean. Like what's going on? 
probably stress. I don't feel, you know, but I had no idea, but that matters. But what's interesting is even as much as I know about all of these things, my doctor did the same thing. So I was like, Hey, can you run some micronutrients? Like things that I have to advocate for myself and ask for, they're not going to normally run these things. Right. And his nurse calls me and she's like, well, we want you to do an elimination diet. And I go, and I, I was just kind of curious what their answer would be. I know what that is. I yeah. I called my dietitian. <laughs> I was like, I'll let you deal with me because they don't really know what to do with me. But I go, okay, like I'm willing to try that. What's the protocol? She goes, oh, I don't know that. <laughs> like, oh my. You're calling a patient with a recommendation from a doctor and you have no protocol. What if it wasn't me who knows what I know and has a fantastic integrative dietitian that I work with? Yeah. What if it wasn't, what if it's somebody that has no idea you're giving them no direction. How is that helpful to your client? Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's a common problem in our medical system. And we've talked about this with other people on our podcast. Like our medical system is just not designed to deal with autoimmunity and chronic health conditions. It's a, you know, here, take this medication. This will help with this symptom. And there's not, and, and it's not intentional. Like I think our, all of our doctors mean well, they just don't have the time with their clients or the training yeah. to bring in all of those things. And so that's probably the keystone is time, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like you're talking about Miriam. It's like with your client who has the autoimmune problems, mm -hmm. being able to have a conversation with you where you can walk through like, all right, what does this actually look like in terms of how we're going to start to, you know, move the needle in a positive direction. Yeah. 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 And she's, um, we, we did a symptoms checklist when she first started, mm -hmm. you know, on scale of one to 10, 10 being horrible. Mm -hmm. She was between eight and 10 all the way down the list. Mm -hmm. And we've really, really just halfway through moved everything closer to middle or, you know, to the left side, closer to the twos and threes. Mm -hmm. And That's she's awesome. doing it as often, um, uh, yeah, we've got a, an, another month and a half or so to work together and I can't wait to see what happens in the end, but mm. that is just something that I love since I had cancer and I understand, you know, you got to change the way you eat and the doctors aren't really giving you much information except maybe a sheet of paper that has just become really a new passion for me to work with mm. people like that, who, who are really interested in changing their lifestyle to create you know, good health for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And what kinds of um, common things are you seeing with women? Like, is there a common issue where it's high stress levels or just being unhappy and feeling overwhelmed? Like, is there a common list of things that you're seeing with your clientele? Definitely. Um, all the women I've seen so far have had um, families and many of them work full time. And so they feel like they cannot carve out any time for themselves. They feel guilty doing that. And I don't have time. I'm driving to, you know, soccer practice and this and that. And um, I'm working and my husband travels and I don't have time. So that is really the biggest common theme is women feel that they don't have time for themselves and they don't feel like they deserve, they feel guilty. They don't deserve <laughs> to have, you know, an hour to themselves every day to do what they need to do to feel better. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I, the first thing I tell people is, you know, when you get on an airplane, or I should say, when we used to get on airplane, <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they would say, 
if you are traveling with a child, put your own oxygen mask on first and then mm -hmm. assist the person you're with. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't um, nourish yourself and keep yourself healthy, you will not be around to be there for your family. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. takes a little convincing, but, um, you know, uh, just really having that conversation with women that you deserve this and mm. you're going to be even better to, for your family if you have um, time for yourself. Mm. So that's Do you have common tips that you give to women because the busyness thing is a common problem. I hear the same complaints from my patients and I try and encourage that too. Like, hey, you cannot take care of anybody else if you can't take care of yourself first. Like your family is better off when you are well and healthy. Um, so what sorts of things do you help them work through so that they do create time? Or is it just a matter of, I'm gonna work out with my kids around and that's fine. You know, what, what sorts of things do you tell them? Yeah, it really depends on the person and their situation, honestly, but- sure. A lot of times um, I say to the people, you need to learn the word no, <laughs> mm -hmm. because, you know, besides working full time and all these other things, you're, you know, the cupcake or the room mom at <laughs> school and, and you're the, the cookie mom for brownies. And, you know, I mean, your kids are going to love you. Um, if you're healthy and you're able to spend time with them, but you don't have to say yes to every thing that you're asked to do. And mm -hmm. it might even be, you know, um, seeing friends for coffee and all this other stuff that you feel like, Oh, I felt obligated. You know, like I really want to see that friend, but right now I'm just so crazed with everything else. Well, maybe, doing one less coffee a week and taking that time to um, meditate or take a nice walk outside or write in a journal or dance in your living room, whatever <laughs> makes you yeah. happy. Um, take a half hour to do that rather than committing to just one more thing. Um, you have to be uh, on the top of your list. Mm. You know? I love to hear you yeah. say that. Um, so our school is at the street, and for those that know as well, know that Aiden, our oldest, is in school up there, and then Evelyn will be starting, hopefully. <laughs> she will in some way, shape, or form, whether it's home right. or not. She's going. Uh, she's going, but she'll be in kindergarten. So, you know, our kids are starting to get into elementary school, but I've had the same thoughts since I'm in that season of life. Like, I've not, and, and I have gone to all of Aiden's parties, and I've gone to a couple of um, his field trips. Like I've been able to block out my schedule to do that. And I'm thankful for that. But I haven't joined the PTA yet. Like things that I was envisioned I would do. And maybe I will in the future. But I've kind of thought about that in the last year. For the same reasons that you said you tell your clients. You know, I'm like, I own a business. <laughs> like I am busy. And Connor, our youngest, is still home. I don't have a regular sitter for him, you know, like I can't always be up there for everything, but right. that is okay. Like I'm very involved with my kids at home and just kind of learning to be okay with that. Like mm -hmm. attending the things that I can, yes, but not feeling like I have to be the room mom and the volunteer. Like maybe I'll be that for Connor because he's my last and I'll have more time. Like I don't have anyone at home that I need to take care of, you know, and, and it is right. what it is. And maybe not. It's like, maybe we'll just have other things going on and, you know, I, I can just be there for their sporting activities and, you know, their assemblies and just, you know, whatever it is. But I think that is a great point that like, you can't always be, can't be there for every single thing or commit to every single thing. 
And that's a common problem in our society. And I hope that COVID's kind of given, like I know for us owning a business, yes, it's been very stressful and challenging, but like, I hope that for most people, they can see the good in some of this too. Like we've definitely seen that. Like, well, like it's been very client. hard. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and yeah, like I think the story of your client is amazing. Like when we're forced to slow down, yes. what does that allow for us? And then as life gets sort of back to normal or what the new normal is, you know, mm-hmm. like what do we need to make decisions about, you know, saying yes or no to things like what is really most important and what are we actually capable of that's not going to harm our health. So Definitely. Yeah. Just coming back into as a hair, she's a hairdresser. So coming mm-hmm. back from, from COVID was, oh, she had a crazy few weeks and she actually had some flare ups. I believe it. Yeah. And, um, now the last week and then coming forward, she said, I'm just working three days a week. And, um, she said uh, the time that I'm off, I'm hitting the grocery store and prepping meals and planning for my snacks. And she said, I just, and she's doing her yoga. And she said, I just can't get back to that rat race. Yeah. Like she had before. Yeah. It just kind of strikes me. One of my mentors, um, I had a conversation with him probably about a year, year and a half ago. And this sounds like a play on words, but I think it, it really gets to, maybe the heart of the matter here. It's this idea of rest and work. And he asked me, like, are you just resting from work, meaning you're just exhausting yourself to the point where you have to rest? Or are you working from a place of rest where you've properly kind of allowed yourself not just to like, you know, do nothing, but recharge your battery? so that like you're working out of a place like we talked about earlier, this place of joy, this place of peace, of contentment, you know, versus this striving mentality like you guys are talking about, which I feel like men and women with women probably more because like you guys are held to this standard at home and professionally as well. Whereas guys, it's like, yeah, if you bring home the bacon man, like you're doing your job, you know, which I don't think is actually true. But I think that's how it gets shaken out a lot. But this idea of like, you know, really, like we touched on at the beginning, it's funny how these things come back around, this idea of contentment, of joy, of finding, I don't think balance is the right word, but like, it's more prioritizing, like you guys are talking about, like, taking care of yourself allows you to take care of other people and investing in yourself yeah, gives you that margin or that ability to, yeah, really be the person that you want to be for other people. So I think your client is a great example to what you were saying about her cutting back her hours. So she's got time to do prep work for food the other day. Like living a healthy lifestyle is not easy. (laughs) Um, It can be expensive, you know, good food is more expensive, like healthy products from makeup to shampoo is not cheap either. But I also think there's a time component to that. Like I think about the amount of time I spend in the kitchen and it can be exhausting. And sometimes, and and I don't cook like crazy things. Like I try and find like, what is a very quick recipe, but healthy, you know, but it's still, it's the prep work, it's the cooking. Like, yes, it'd be much easier to go up the street and grab something. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also know that, like, I remember where I was at before, you know, and how I felt when I didn't eat the way that we do now. And I don't want to go back to that. So that's absolutely motivation for me. But um, do you have any advice for our listeners? Like if they're trying to kind of revamp their lifestyle from that 
food standpoint, like any biohacks on the food prep, because it's tough. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, um, I love that cookbook. This yes. Cook, yeah. This you cookbook. changed our life, Miriam. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, there's this cookbook called um, Cook Once, Eat All Week by yes. Cassie Joy Garcia. Yep. And um, she really teaches you how to take three main ingredients and cook with those ingredients for the week. And you can make um, all kinds of things. So I think if you have chicken and cauliflower and what what's another a potato or yeah something yeah, potato yeah, like three main ingredients for yes and she'll meals. give you um a stir fry recipe and a mexican recipe and mm-hmm. you know and um, all of her stuff is phenomenal by the way like we've gone through the entire cookbook a couple times over now and all of it's good and her um website fedandfit.com i think that's what it is yes. yeah fit. and there's yeah. other you know from her other books too and they're all pretty easy recipes as oh, well, yeah. which is great so and all tasty so, so easy and she even explains what order to prep mm-hmm. things in so that way you really get to learn how to have a prep day and it takes mm-hmm. a couple of hours but then during the week you literally have everything chopped and ready to go and it's time to throw it together and it's, it takes five minutes to then throw it together yep um i think that's probably the biggest um tip is to say if you can have a day when you do all your prep work chopping all your vegetables getting your meat marinated or whatever you need to do mm-hmm. then the day you actually cook it it's just putting it all together it makes it so much easier yeah mm. great tips for sure so, so basically you're saying that like if you're planning and like writing things down <laughs> yes, mr goal like, setter <laughs> <laughs> that makes life easier what a novel concept so <laughs> yes we'll plug the lion planner real quick um that's the uh, i don't want to say journal but that's the planner that we use and we've used several um there are lots of great ones out there but our business coach actually sent us the lion planner a while back and it's great just kind of the way it's set up as far as how you can plan your days plan your month, like the next quarter. Um, it, it's been very helpful for us. Yeah. Well, so. it's like we were talking about earlier. It's just like you're doing, Marion, with your clients. You're allowing them to kind of take out their life in front of you, look at like, what are the things that are important to, to them? And then figure out like, how are we going to make time for the things that are important to me? And yeah, that's a very intentional process that I think a lot of people don't do. I think that's where a lot of people's stress comes from. And like we're talking about when we're all forced to stay home. It's like, well, now you don't get to run around and do all the things that you would normally do. And there's not that, that opportunity to react to just whatever new fire pops up in your day that you have to put out, you know, when you've got all of a sudden, it's like, well, I'm just sitting in my house all day. It's like, all right, now we can start thinking a little more strategically about like how we're going to spend our time. But I feel like even in non pandemic times, you know, that's such a useful thing to do. And it's so cool to hear you, you know, talking about that, how you use that as well. I really feel like that is the key to, to seeing any sort of positive changes. There's got to be intention, you know, behind yeah. that. So, yes. Well, Amir, where can our listeners find you? What you're doing again is phenomenal. I would highly recommend all of you listening, check out Well Life with Miriam. If you're a female and you're struggling, especially go to Miriam's website, but what Absolutely. are all your social media channels and, and where can we find you online? 
Yeah, on, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Well Life with Miriam, M-I-R-I-A-M. -M. Mm -hmm. And my website is welllifewithmiriam.com. Awesome. And yeah. real quick plug too, you also make soap, which is phenomenal. Oh, I love yes. it. Yeah, so like our new favorite quick, soap. Yes, yeah, it's like, tell, real quick, tell our listeners about that. Yes. So um, uh, my friend and I are, are soap makers, natural soap makers. Mm -hmm. Her name is Cheryl with an S. Mm -hmm. So we are, our um, company is S&M Soaps. And um, we make, right now we have two scents and one is called Dirty Girl and the other one's called Dirty Little Secret. And um, you can find us on Instagram at S and M and spell out the word and M soaps K S. Um, and uh, it's just been a really fun, just ha um, hobby for us, but uh, it's, it's kind of turned into a little business too. So yeah, oh, I love yeah. it. And speaking of clean products, if you guys are looking for something, check it out. We've been using your soap for a while now and love it. So we, we will keep we ordering. <laughs> but Miriam, thank you for your time. Both your yes. personal and your business story are just awesome. So we really appreciate you taking your time to chat with us. And we're excited for our listeners to hear this and just to get the word out about what you do. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. And uh, Tim, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Yes. Looking forward <laughs> to it, early. as always. <laughs> Bright and early. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks Take again, care, guys. Man. You All right. too. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Kansas City podcast. If you like what you're hearing, check out all of our episodes here or at RestoreThrive.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes to help others find our show. Restore Thrive is the home to Kansas City's top physical therapy and performance training practice. We're all about helping active individuals and athletes get back to the activities and sports they love without pills, injections, or surgeries. At our core, we believe that you should be able to grow strong and age gracefully. So whether you're trying to get ready for your next race, ready for your next workout, ready to keep up with your kids, pretty much ready to win at the game of life. Check us out and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Restore Thrive. Until next time, be well, everyone. <laughs>